0: We're doing a Patreon hang tomorrow night. If you're listening right now on Saturday, June 5th, we are talking tomorrow, Sunday, June 6th at 4 p.m.
1: Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Molly, I'll be in Iowa, so I'll see you at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And that's tomorrow, Sunday, June 6th. It's going to be an encounter of the third kind. Is it because we'll be drinking or is it? Because it'll be out of this world, or both. Find out tomorrow on
0: Patreon.com/slash/sex-with-ghosts. See you there. What's your reflections on our last episode? Do you have any reflections on our last
1: episode? Just a weird, trippy, fucking deja vu. Why did I feel like we had a whole conversation about the Falkland Islands? you know what we should do we should look up falkland
0: islands and news oh and see if there is any news
1: nope
0: nothing currently
1: i'm like trying to think do we have any episodes in the bank that's it could have something to do with your royal talk in scottier perhaps we did go down a megan markle yeah hole it's possible it's possible It's all possible. If anyone out there knows what the fuck episode I'm talking about, please (laughs) tell me so I'm not crazy. winner of the monthly survey raffle is I'm holding for applause Ben Epherson
0: Thank you so much Ben we'll be sending you a special treat in your inbox
1: If you would like to win a special treat from us fill out our survey on our social media and it's in the show notes of each episode Thank you Ben for taking the time to give us the feedback Thank you, Ben.
0: Today, we're going to talk about Margaret Thatcher and Mikhail Gorbachev and their special relationship.
1: Woohoo!
0: I'm going to start out with the spy that might have been behind the relationship. We'll take a quiz on James Bond films, and then we'll go into what their relationship was really like. But first, who are we? Sex with Ghosts. I'm Bridget. And I'm Molly. Our story here starts out in 1985 with double agent Oleg Gordievsky, who had been formerly the head of the KGB's London station. And this is the year that he defects. He shakes off the KGB agents tailing him in Moscow, boards a train to Finland, and is taken over the border in the back of an embassy car in the book of an embassy car. I think I meant... Would be boot? Boot! That was it. I was like, I think I've heard that before, yeah. Yes. He was smuggled over the border in the boot of an embassy car. Britain quietly lobbied for his wife and daughters to be allowed to leave the Soviet Union and join him. Britain threatened mass expulsion of KGB agents in London if they didn't agree, but Moscow didn't budge. And his family didn't join him until 1991. Unfortunately the distance was too much for the relationship and it fell apart soon after. But this man was important because in 1990 he gave a few interviews that challenged some long-held beliefs about spies in British and Russian society.
1: Like they don't have accents. No, they don't most- wear mustaches. Yeah. It was mostly, um, it was a widely
0: believed conspiracy theory that there were a lot more moles in the British intelligence agencies, and no one really knew for sure. So there was a string of books about it, including one about Kim Philby, who infiltrated British intelligence from 1930 to 1960s, and then... Peter Wright's book, Spycatcher, was one of many that pointed to Hollis. This book posited that Roger Hollis, who was actually the head of M.I. 5 a general of the British Security Services, and this book tried to say that he was a chief Soviet mole. All of these books contributed to a lot of bad press for MI5 and MI6, which are the two British spy agencies. And then in 1990, when Oleg Gordievsky gives these interviews, he says that Hollis was not a spy. He was not part of Russian intelligence. He wasn't a mole. He also denied allegations that Soviet intelligence sought to compromise former Prime Minister Harold Wilson, that it had anything to do with the death of Hugh Gitzkill, and did mention that the KGB was secretly circulating pamphlets critical of Reagan and Thatcher, but those efforts were generally unsuccessful to recruit agents or spread disinformation. This was a big deal at the time. However, many people don't really trust him because when he gave these interviews, there was an MI6 handler at the interview, and it may have all been part of a publicity campaign to improve the image of MI5 and MI6. But the most important information about Oleg Gordievsky is that he claims that his information that he leaked about Gorbachev is what led Thatcher to embrace Gorbachev during his 1984
1: visit. Okay, this is so off-topic, but I think I figured out why I was talking about the Falklands War. I think we must have watched a movie or something that was that time in history, and I think it was a conversation that I had with Mike, and that was, sorry, that was killing me because, oh, it's coming back to me. Yes, I went down a hole about... Elizabeth's, what was it, her brother, her cousin, the guy who was supposed, was kind of like in running to be king.
0: Oh, sure, yeah, yeah.
1: It was kind of like his war. Oh, and they sent Prince Andrew there. Now, you're right, it was a Gossier, Meghan Markle. It's now coming to me and it's driving, it was fucking killing me inside my brain. You can cut all this out if you like. You know how Prince Andrew's in trouble? Yes. He fought... Fought, air quotes, in the Falkland War. I see. So when that woman came forward and said she was sexually assaulted by Prince Andrew, he came out and said, oh my God, now this is all coming back to me. This is so fucking sorry. I can't believe I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So when she came out and she was like, Prince Andrew sweat all over me. And this part you can keep in because it's kind of funny. (laughs) Prince Andrew went on a BBC TV show to do an interview about it. And he's like, it could be me. I don't know what Prince Andrew sounds like. But he says that he couldn't have sweated on her because of his adrenaline glands went out of whack from the panic he suffered through the Falklands War, which is nuts because one. He's royalty. There's like no way he was actually probably in any real danger that would have messed up his adrenaline glands. And two, doctors say usually the opposite occurs. If you fuck up your adrenaline glands, you're more likely to over-perspire when you don't need to rather than just stop perspiring. So, like when he said that, a lot of doctors were like, not likely. <laughs> That's what it was. I am so sorry I interrupted the podcast because it's like my brain was on fire. That just seems like a really
0: bad reason. Why would you lie about something like that? That just seems like a really
1: dumb, it's like, you know what? I'm not even going there. Nope. Because Prince Andrew's nuts. So anytime you can make fun of Prince Andrew and I think publicly humiliate him for his sex crimes, I'm 100% on board. We should all do it. (laughs) See the Marilyn Manson episode if you need a reference. There you go. So if you want to, sorry, say that last statement again.
0: Most importantly, it was information that he leaked about Gorbachev that led Thatcher to embrace Gorbachev during his 1984 visit, which will become very important in the second half. So he leaked information, Oleg did. Yes, because he was a double agent, or he defected pretty much from the KGB.
1: And then it embraced Gorbachev, like, does that mean she welcomed him because now she knows his secrets?
0: Yeah, I think it's welcomed because we'll see in the second half that they have a very, very close relationship. I didn't find anything, like, crazy, but it is unusually close. Actually, right now, we're going to move into the quiz. Hell yeah. Which is a fun quiz, not a difficult one. March 2nd is the birthdays of Daniel Craig and Mikhail Gorbachev. So your mission is to click James Bond films produced after the end of the USSR
1: in 1991. So any James Bond film made after 1991? Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm just going to have to name them. And you will have to tell me if it was made after 1991 or before. You only live twice. Oh, um... Should I help you? Yeah, what do you think? Well, my thought is before 1991. That was
1: where I was leaning.
0: But it won't let us know until the end. Spectre. That was produced
1: after, right? Yeah, that sounds recent. Yes, that's correct. Moonraker. Um that's before you think that's before i thought that one sounded familiar like if it sounds familiar i'm thinking it has to be newer and if i haven't heard it, it's got to be older i was thinking that
0: too but i also know that there are some classics in here that we're gonna get confused by let's skip that right now and say quantum of solace that was definitely after right yeah die another day
1: that's newer all right from russia with love I'm going to say older. Goldeneye. What is it? Goldeneye? Oh, that's newer. Is it newer? Yeah, because it made the video game after it.
0: Ooh, you're correct. The world is not enough. That's newer. Diamonds are forever. Newer. Nope. Incorrect.
1: Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, wait. So you got the answers right away?
0: Well, no, because I can only click on the, the after ones. So all the ones that you've guessed after are correct, except for Diamonds Are Forever, which I knew because it's a classic song, old song. Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, yeah. And I should have said something, but I just clicked instead. It's okay. Die Fall. That one is new. Yes. Thunderball. That one's gotta be older. Yeah, I think so too. No Time to Die.
1: I think newer, but could go either.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking older. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Older. Dr. No. Older. A View to Kill. A View to a Kill. A View to a Kill. Never even heard of it. Nope. Yeah, maybe older. Goldfinger. Newer. No, see, I think that's older.
1: Oh, wait. No, you might be right. I think it's another one of the Diamonds Are Forever one. I think you're right because Austin Powers makes fun of it. Yes, yes. The Living
0: Daylights. Haven't heard of it. Yeah, older. For Your Eyes Only. I think that's a classic. Yeah. Octopussy. Older. Casino Royale. I think newer. I think it's newer. Yes.
1: License to Kill. Uh, I don't know. That feels like it go either way. Uh, yeah,
0: same, same.
1: The Man with the Golden Gun. I almost want to say newer, but I think it's like Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, I think so. feels like it could be newer, but it might be older, actually.
0: Tomorrow Never Dies.
1: That one's newer.
0: I think so, yep. Live and Let Die. That one's newer, right? I don't think so. I think it's older. God damn it. And The Spy Who Loved Me. That one's older, right? Yes. You got No Time to Die correct, and I got it wrong. But everything else was correct. Good job, everyone. Woohoo. That was a fun, interesting quiz. And the fact that Daniel Craig has the same birthday as Gorbachev, and we were talking about spies, relevant. All of this is connected and relevant. To their relationship, in 1983, there was a checker seminar where leading British specialists speculated about the future of the USSR and made suggestions to Thatcher on how British policy should be attuned to these changes. They did get a lot of their speculation right, including identifying Gorbachev as a possibility for leadership, which may be where this tip-off was incorporated by Oleg. And I could not figure out what a checker seminar was, but I had to
1: assume at the end that it was just kind of a policy meeting. That is so funny. I just was like, oh, yeah, they're probably just like playing checkers and did not think about it critically.
0: According to the book Diplomacy and Statecraft by Ronald Amon, Thatcher first made contact with Gorbachev at a funeral for president or general secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, which is why we just call him president, President Yuri Andropov. Andropov was succeeded by Konstantin Chernenko, who was eventually succeeded by Gorbachev.
1: And are they technically voted in?
0: Good question. Not sure. I feel like you're just kind of promoted to leadership in the Soviet Union. Yeah. There wasn't free elections until Gorbachev came to Russia.
1: And then he created elections?
0: Yeah, it was the first free elections in the Soviet Union, I think, which could have been caused by his relationship
1: with Margaret Thatcher. And I think him and Reagan ended up bonding pretty closely too. Yeah. Like there's a famous story that basically Reagan was like, what would you do if aliens attacked? And Gorbachev was like, oh, well, we would have to work together to like do something. And so it was like, well, then you see, like, how none of us are really going to blow each other up with the atomic bomb. Meanwhile, they're, like, telling Americans to constantly fear the atomic bomb.
0: Yes, I have some more information about that a little bit later. Nice. But first, the main thing that I read about and their relationship was this first visit that Gorbachev made to Britain in 1984. And this happened because Thatcher asked the Foreign Office to invite senior Politburo members to London in a handwritten comment on the letter from her foreign policy advisor, Charles Powell, she remarked Do not invite Mr. Chernenko, the then president of the Communist Party. It is much too soon. But conspiracy to bring Gorbachev there instead, maybe.
1: Oh, it's like when you're having a dinner party, and it's like you can't come because I'm inviting your ex. Yeah. Oh, man, that's rough. <laughs> did you think of a specific time? Or-
0: yeah, I did. <laughs> anyway, but also Chernenko was known to be inept on international issues. He even supposedly lacked authority, which is funny for the general secretary of the Communist Party, who is the president. And he lacked sophistication of thought, which Thatcher was very into.
1: What does that mean? Sophistication of thought?
0: Yeah. We'll see that Gorbachev and Thatcher had very stimulating conversations, even though they didn't agree on anything. He could hold the conversation. He could have an argument that was valid, where Cherninko probably couldn't, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but, they, oh, here we go. Sophistication of thought. Having refined or cultured tastes and habits appealing to sophisticates. But that also sounds very elitist.
0: Yeah, actually, that sounds, I think I was incorrect. I think it's really more of just elitist.
1: But I think you're correct in the sense of that's how elitist would consider sophistication of thought, but knowing what we know about like class structures and stuff, usually it's just a way to show some sort of classism or elitism like, oh, you don't understand A, well, then you must not be worthy of B. Yes, I agree. Gorbachev, however,
0: was known to be intelligent and confident and was pretty much considered to the british to be perhaps a example of the next generation of soviet leader
1: nice british know their leaders too being incredible imperialists that's been able to hold on colonies for way too long
0: yeah this research kind of made me a little depressed about the world but it happens it's inevitable yeah especially when we're talking about the history of Britain. Britain's objectives, another note suggests, would be to teach him something about how a Western democracy works, to establish personal and political links, and to raise the UK's profile in Soviet eyes, because the Soviets at that time really had more of a working relationship with the U.S. instead of the UK, and by working relationship, also the Cold War. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh that little thing
0: yeah it was more of the playing field of soviet union and u.s and britain was on the sideline but there were also benefits for gorbachev who wanted to erode the current monopoly of power over foreign policy of Andrei gromiko who served as minister of foreign affairs so it seems like they were both this is just the beginning of them both using each other When they first met minutes into their conversation, Thatcher accused Gorbachev of funding the miners' strike in Britain. We talked about the miners' strike last week. Yeah. Gorbachev insisted the Soviet Union had not transferred funds to the National Union of Mine Workers, but did caveat the statement with as far as he was aware.
1: Where were their miners' actual... English miners or these, like, colonies where they're mining? Oh, yeah, they have... So, in 2013, there was over 2,000 active mines in the United Kingdom. There you go. Yeah, it looks like it's kind of all over the UK. But this was, a pretty huge miner strike. It did
0: last an entire year. I got a lot of my information from Gorbachev's article in The Guardian when Margaret Thatcher died. This was his reading of the situation. He says the meeting was tense with ideological differences and unflattering remarks flying about capitalism, communism. However, he says that when The meeting got to a breaking point. He broke the tension by saying that he had no instructions from the Politburo to persuade her to join the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, and she laughed. He said that they respected her views and hoped that she would treat his views the same way.
1: It's so goofy because they both had their, like, inherent evils, and so it shows you that progress is beyond just, like, a market ideology. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just really have to fucking care about people to make a difference. Thatcher
0: praised his charm and humor after the meeting, and in a letter to Ronald Reagan, she's quoted as saying, he is relatively open in manner and intelligence. He is affable and has some charm and humor. And this is where she wrote the famous Boat, I certainly found him a man one could do business with. I rather liked him.
1: That's off the beautiful relationship of Thatcher and. Boat. It's not a huge surprise because that happens today. There's definitely Democrats and Republicans that get along. What was that Minnesota senator that? lost his job, who was on Saturday Night Live. I can picture his face. I can picture his face as well. But he, I've heard him in interviews talk about that. And like how so much of being a senator is really just like about getting more money to keep your campaign going. Al Franken. Al Franken, yeah. So Al Franken talks a lot about that. Because it's nuts because you would think watching how terrible these people are And like the terrible decisions that they're making in front of the full nation. And they're saying they're doing this for the voters. And you're like, you're doing that for like the few white people you let vote in your state. You don't even fully represent your actual state. It's just like, I don't know how you can just be buddies with that. (laughs) I think
0: you have to be a certain type of person and I guess when I was reading this, what struck me was that I think it's good to bring everyone to the table.
1: I would say that if they were really looking out for people, but I don't know. The stuff the conservatives are trying to do, it's vile. It's like, this is evil. You're really in today's politics, especially. I agree,
0: but I think you still have to try and you have to really be careful in my opinion that you don't assume that you have the answer. Even if they obviously
1: have the wrong one, that doesn't mean that you have the right one. I don't know. I don't know, compared to some of these, like Lindsey Graham, Mitch O'Connell, that's a, a city council guy here who's bad. I don't know, you see how bad these Mitch McConnell, what's, that's weird. Either way, maybe I'm combining both names. Maybe it's Mitchell Farrell here. Anyways, these guys are just doing such bad stuff. That's just like, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Sure. They talk to scientists. They have the same information that we have. They're of a stature of life and usually education. that There should be no excuse for them to promote these bigoted, outdated, harmful ideas. It's just terrible.
0: I agree. But I do think that there is the reason why you see people getting along is because there are those everyday issues that they really do agree on. And it's becoming less and less, obviously. I blame Mitch McConnell for that. But there are still things that the government gets done that is bipartisan. And it's just not as flashy as Not people don't hear about it. So no one cares. It's not like every day is a argument about guns and abortion. You know what I mean? (laughs) Sure feels like it. (laughs) It does. But I think that's because we're so far out of it. If we were watching every day, if we were even massive political junkies or something like that, we would probably know a lot more about the bills that do get passed.
1: We actually, you don't because now they're being built behind closed doors. There's a really good podcast, I think it's good. I heard the woman who runs the podcast, I heard her interview on a different podcast, but she does, the whole premise of her podcast is every bill that's about to get passed, she reads and like tries to explain it to listeners.
0: Hey listener, Bridget doesn't actually mention the name of the podcast, but it's called Congressional Dish. Check it out wherever you get podcasts. Also, I cut a bit of this rant. A little bit of bonus content for Patreon listeners. Additional things that Gorbachev at least wrote about their relationship was that they exchanged letters and met many times, both when they were in office and after. He had read her book, Statecraft. And obviously disagreed, but agreed with the accolades the book got.
1: That's so funny.
0: Here's some fun ones that Gorbachev mentioned specifically is that they worked closely to curb the arms race for German unification and for reversing Iraq's aggression in the Middle East. But this is kind of where it gets interesting because... Although Thatcher was a strong supporter of his domestic strategies, she was very against many of the Soviet Union's international policies.
1: That seems obvious, right?
0: Yes, agreed. As you were saying earlier, the one of the main disagreements that they had, one of the largest disagreements they had, and maybe one of the most important ones was how much they disagreed on their policies towards nuclear weapons. Because in 1986, there was the Reykjavik summit where Reagan and Gorbachev were almost able to reach an agreement for a nuclear-free world. But it was Margaret Thatcher who was completely against this.
1: Oh, this tough old bitch.
0: Yeah, without Thatcher, they may have come to an agreement. Because both of them were very pro getting rid of nukes. We're both very for that. But Thatcher believed that nuclear weapons had preserved peace for 40 years, and they were essential for deterrence and safety.
1: Preserved peace? Like people were living in fear. Yeah. But
0: I got a lot of this information from the National Security Archive. And from there... I got a fun quote. Thatcher never met a military spending proposal she didn't like. That just emphasizes her obsession.
1: Do you think it's partially because she's a woman? Like, oh, she's a woman. She's. Women are soft and. Yeah, yeah. And flowery. And by being so pro military, it made her look like I'm a tough bitch.
0: Yeah. It's- very possible it was partially that. Though, it did seem like she couldn't be convinced otherwise. And I don't know if that's just being stubborn or not listening or
1: what. It's also like her M.O. Yeah. Across the board. Well, That's true. From what we talked about yesterday. Or last week. What we talked about last week.
0: The second thing he said they worked on. German unification. Even though Gorbachev himself talked about them working together for German reunification. It is known now that Thatcher actually opposed German reunification. She and also France at the time feared Germany would become too powerful.
1: Wait, wait, wait. So she cucked Reagan and Gorbachev on nuclear arms and then she's like, I'm also going to cuck the country of Germany so it can't reunite. Yep. Yep. So she likes being uh, the other person. <laughs> she, she's cucking everyone.
0: In one conversation with Gorbachev, she wanted to go off the record. The recorder in the room wrote down this part by memory as soon as he left the room, but it wasn't actually recorded as it was being said. But she claimed that nobody in Europe was in favor of German unification, even though the NATO communique said otherwise. And she also said that this was something she couldn't say openly in Britain or at NATO, and it seems like she wants the Soviet Union to do the dirty work. However, Gorbachev was famously pro reunification.
1: That's nuts. It feels like... I would like to know more about this, but I've, it sometimes feels like in our history that Russia is not like we've always been like, oh, Russia's bad and evil. But sometimes it just feels like they're the trash man. <laughs> like they're coming in, they're taking care of the dirty stuff that Americans claim to have no business in. And they're like, we'll just take care of it for you for like a fee. <laughs>
0: Ah, yes. The main reason that European powers really didn't want reunification for Germany behind the scenes, even if front-facing they were saying yay, was that Germany had a balance of trade surplus in every country in the community. So they were doing too well, and the rest of Europe was like, no, not all of them.
1: The Russians or the Germans were? The Germans were doing too well. Yeah. Germans obviously aren't perfect, but they seem to get shit done.
0: They really do. Gosh, that is another country I would love to live in. That'd be very fun.
1: You've been to Germany? I have, but I was very young. Mike went, so it's very clean. I did enjoy it when I was there,
0: though. And the U.S. military has bases there. Can Matthew transfer there? (laughs) Yeah, he could. Well, I don't know, really. But it seems like it's possible. <laughs> Borcher herself claimed Gorbachev didn't want the German reunification and worried that it would weaken his position because the Soviet Union would lose the ally in East Germany. But I'm not convinced that she knew that. I think that she was just worried about her special partner losing power.
1: Oh, I don't even think it's that. I think she's just trying to manipulate him. That's very possible. It was, interestingly enough, the
0: United States support by H.W. Bush that was the ally that Germany really needed to reunify. Wait, say again? It was the support of George H.W. Bush that helped Germany reunify. Okay. Okay. Thatcher later wrote that her opposition to reunification had been an unambiguous failure. So it's just really funny to me that that is one of the things that they talk about as being like some sort of success when clearly she didn't actually want it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's two out of three things that he mentions that they worked on together that she didn't want to happen.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that just shows you like how politicians work. Like, Yeah what they're saying public-facing and then what they're really saying behind closed doors. Which is why I love Veep. Have you watched Veep? I
0: definitely watched like the first few episodes, but I did not get much farther than that.
1: That's like, I think one of the most enjoyable things about that show is like the conversations that they have as humans and then the conversations are speeches that they have to give as politicians. Yeah, aw. I've had friends who... Either they've worked in politics or family has, and they're like, it's actually very similar to this. <laughs> like, there's a lot of just shooting off the hip, so to speak, in regular conversations. And then when you go to give a speech, it's, you know, a whole act. Interesting. How do you trust anyone then? You don't. They're humans. We're terrible.
0: We are a terrible species. Reading about their relationship was very fun, because it seemed like they were really close, but the reason that Bridget wanted to do this topic was because there was actually a hoax in 1987 where people who looked like Thatcher and Gorbachev posed in Moscow's Gorky Park. Photos show Thatcher tenderly tickling Gorbachev under the chin, as well as the two walking arm in arm and even sneaking a kiss. And they succeeded in fooling Minnie.
1: I think there's also a picture somewhere of of them like on swings together. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, this all went into the Daily Mirror at the time. That's
0: funny. Gosh.
1: Did we say it was April Fool's?
0: No, I didn't. This was April Fool's Day of 1987.
1: That's pretty good, though.
0: It is. It is pretty good. And considering all the, well, all the, at least there was many quotes of talking about how her relationship, she said they got on very well, considering that they are very different and hold very different views. So
1: speculation, I mean, it's a little silly, but it's kind of fun. (laughs) man pranks in the day back in the day well this was 1987 even like there's no way that would happen now and yeah no longer even satire between like what happened between trump and putin it's just like
0: yeah you can't
1: even joke because you're like yeah people are that gross
0: (laughs) true Ooh, like this kind of april fool's day Thing as opposed to some of the things that people do nowadays. I'm just not an April Fools person myself.
1: Yeah, April Fools feels like, especially when there's so much bad stuff that seems satirical, it's like it really takes the joy out of April Fools. It does. That's all I have about Margaret Thatcher and Miguel Gorbachev. Nice. Yeah, I didn't know that they actually were really close. I saw the yeah. April Fool's Day thing and thought that was really funny, but I didn't realize that in some part there kind of was a truth to it with them being so close.
0: Yeah, and that's probably why
1: people believed it too. Yeah, exactly. Well, Thank you for doing all that research.
0: Yes, it was quite interesting. I hope it wasn't too broad or too boring.
1: No, I had fun.
0: I tried to pick out some interesting things.
1: You did great, kid. Where can people find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at Molly 9 How about you?
1: At Bridget underscore suck It. and you can find this podcast same platforms. Sex with Ghosts underscore, and we have a survey that we have out now. If you could take the time to fill it out, we'd greatly appreciate it. We're looking for your feedback. We will be, I don't know for how many months, but at least for the next couple of months, at the end of the month, we will do a raffle with your feedback. So there is a place with an email. You don't have to use your real email, but at least pick an email where we can reach you to send you a thank you if you win that raffle. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we have a Patreon and That money always goes back to support us and the pod. Thanks for listening and bye. Thank
0: you. Bye.